If you've ridden a Pierce Transit bus lately, you'll recognize that beeping sound as the noise that accompanies deployment of a wheelchair ramp on the bus. These ramps allow passengers who use wheelchairs, mobility devices, and strollers to get on and off the buses. What other ways does Pierce Transit work with those in our community who have some barriers to using fixed route services? You'll find out on today's podcast episode when we talk to Francis and Kevin, the two travel trainers who work with members of our community who need a little extra help in getting familiar with how to use public transit. Welcome to South Sound Connected, a podcast where we'll talk to the people behind the wheel and discover how transit connects us all to life here in the 253. Welcome aboard. Let's go for a ride. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 23. My name is Penny Grellier, and I appreciate you tuning in. Today on South Sound Connected, we're going to talk with Francis Rankos and Kevin Rutledge, Pierce Transit's travel trainers. Francis and Kevin play a key role in helping community members learn how to ride transit. We'll learn about the importance of their work with special needs populations, as well as the varied types of assistance they provide. So welcome, Francis and Kevin. Thank you. Thank you. So can you please each tell the listeners a little bit about your roles with Pierce Transit? Francis? I have been uh, the travel trainer for Pierce Transit for quite a number of years. Uh, this coming April, I think, will be 43 years oh, that wow. I have worked between Tacoma Transit and Pierce Transit. And travel training is one of the best jobs I've ever had, but it's also one of the most demanding jobs. And I really enjoy working with the customers, um, the students from the transition program, their parents, and seniors as well, which is the major portion of our population that we teach. Mm -hmm. And it's a very rewarding job, but you've got to be committed to it. Thank you. Kevin? I guess, so I'll start a little sooner. So I, um, I came to the country when I was six, and I didn't speak English. We came here from Ukraine, and I was expected to navigate the transit system in New York um, with uh, the lack of English and youth on my side. Oh boy. Of course, it's very colorful way to do it, I'm sure, but I was thrown right into the deep end and I became uh, kind of in love with transit from the beginning. I looked at the bus driver for help and as a hero and um, and I always knew I wanted to do something with transit. And I spent many lost days in, in New York and in Seattle where we eventually landed. And I thought if I can just help people have an easier time than I did coming to the country, I want to do that. So I got a job as a bus driver and um, I've been in transit for 22 years now and um, last 16 with King County Metro, and I was able to touch with the community and help people, but not the way I wanted to. I wanted to touch base with the, the uh, people who needed it the most, and by that I mean the people that don't have the chance to f experience the freedom that transit can bring, um, the independence it can empower upon somebody that um, maybe doesn't have the, the skills to learn. So I always wanted somebody to help me, and that's why I, uh, I sought out Tr Francis Rankos here, because she's a legend in the industry, and uh, we all know about her in King County. I, I saw my chance, there was an opening, and um, I came here to help the uh, Pierce County folks and, and hopefully learn a lot from Francis and uh, 
connect with the community of Tacoma and Pierce County. Okay, great. So Francis, for those listeners who aren't familiar with travel training and all that it encompasses, could you summarize what duties you perform and the clientele that you assist? For us, we are a little bit different program than some of the other programs uh, because for years it's been one or two trainers is mm -hmm. all. And uh, we work with a lot of the transition students that are that uh, 18 to 22, 23 year olds. We work with a lot of seniors. Uh, we work with uh, many types of differently abled people. And uh, the only population which we've started to work with uh, recently is people that are blind. Mm. Um, we do have a great resource in our supervisor, Asha Potts, who has had a lot of experience. Um, and we are working with some tactile, learning tactile signing and um, different ways to help individuals that are partially sighted or totally blind. And uh, the biggest problem is, is we have so many customers and for years it's been one or one or two people. And so it is difficult to serve everyone. Mm -hmm. um, but we try to do group trainings when possible. We do a lot of that for the school. Uh, we re recently did uh, 20 students, all got their ID cards on one day. And great day. it really makes it easier if we can kind of group them together and uh, work with them. Plus, doing a lot of things in the schools or at different um, fairs that they have mm -hmm. is also another way that we reach people. Yeah, I remember when I worked with the outreach team, when we did occasional group rides, like with folks that lived at a retirement home, um, there was this sense of, like, now you have some friends that you know, you all learn transit together, so it was like it raised the comfort level with, it, with using it. It really does, because a lot of it is fear-based. They see what's happening on the news. They uh, heard that somebody had a rough time on the bus. And part of our responsibility is to make the people feel comfortable, mm -hmm. to give them uh, instructions that they can work with in whatever medium they need them, uh, and to create learning aids for people. That's all part of our job. And that way, we can give them the confidence to actually go out and try the bus. We're going to be right there with them to do it. Mm -hmm. And I think that helps support them in their efforts when they first start out. Okay, thank you. Um, Kevin, why do you think it's important for a public transit agency like, like Pierce Transit to offer travel training services? Why is it important to offer travel training? Well, I think, well, first of all, tr transit's for everybody, and mm -hmm. everybody should know that. No matter who you are, what language you speak, no matter what challenges you may have in life, uh, transits for everybody and it's to uh, to develop the skills necessary to promote freedom and independence and independently navigate the transit system which is better for everybody it's greener it's um, it's greener it's more accessible it's for everybody and it doesn't cost a lot mm -hmm. and it, it lowers the traffic it makes life better for everybody um, and I feel that through the education of public transit it takes away like Francis said that 
a stigma of fear or even just a little bit of anxiety that might be the barrier between them sitting in the house all day, maybe watching TV, or and them visiting a loved one they haven't seen for years, or them attending an activity that they might want to try, or going to a birthday party. Just feeling that, experiencing that freedom that they may have um, had that barrier against. We're here to take that barrier away and let them know that transit is for everybody. And um, there's an accessible way for everybody to travel, no matter if it's a cognitive issue, an anxiety, a physical mobility issue. Um, we're here to teach them about the, the bus system and, and the many different ways there are to travel and transit. The other thing I think too is it saves money for the agency as well. Mm -hmm. Because yes. if you look at the price of a shuttle trip versus a bus trip, uh, it, it's absolutely unbelievable. You know, we try to do as much as we can to get people to try the big buses. Yeah, it, there's so many places you can get to and it's very inexpensive. And our agency pays so much for shuttle. Oh, I know. And people tend to fall back on it and I, I think that if they would just give the bus, the big bus uh, fixed route system a try, they would, uh, they would feel the independence that we're trying to encourage that would save everybody time and money and be more efficient mm -hmm. and greener. And that's what we all want for our kids. Francis, there are a lot of people in our community who need help learning to navigate transit, as you mentioned, and only so many hours in each of your work days. So can you describe how you prioritize requests and how you plan your approach to travel training? That's very true that uh, there are a lot of people who need our services, and again, there's only two of us. So it does make it difficulty. Uh, we do have an application process that's now online mm. where a person can sign up and that is sent to both Kevin and I. And then we fill out their application. Uh, we will call and set up a, a travel training intake. Mm. That'll give us more information about their skill levels uh, where they're traveling to, if they've got a job coming up. So that way we would know how much commitment of a time is going to be involved with that customer. And from there, we may say that this person isn't quite ready yet. So maybe someone above or below is ready to go. And then we're going to take that person and do that. But because we work the hours that the person works, the days that the person works. We can work slut shifts, we can work early lates. Uh, we, our schedules are never the same mm -hmm. depending on who we're working with. At least we're not bored. <laughs> so, never a dull moment, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it keeps us busy. But that's kind of how we prioritize it. And then if we can get groups together, mm -hmm. then that really helps. So it sounds like what you're saying is some clients, it's kind of a one and done, and then others maybe need uh, help over a certain time period or through several different trips to get the hang of it? It, it depends on their skill level. The thing that we look for is are they still learning? Are they still improving? Are they maintaining the skills? Mm -hmm. Or how can we reach them better? Uh, 
and we will design learning aids for the individual. You know, one size does not fit all in this world. And so we try to design specific learning aids for that individual. And they can succeed. I've got students that graduated years ago that have been on the same job for over 15 years because we figured out that flashcards with pictures worked for her to know her bus route. Mm. And I even made a tactile map out of foam core and puff paint and different things <laughs> for a blind customer that we had. She said she wanted to see the Lakewood Transit Center. And because we put in all the tactile things for her, mm -hmm. she could walk the transit center and feel her map. And she said, I see the transit center now. Nice. What a creative solution. Sometimes you have to be that, that you need to create what the person needs yeah. to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. That's the fun part of it is there's not one training for all. Everybody has so many, there's so many different needs out there that Francis is a master at finding a way to connect with so many different people. I'm learning from her. But um, it's like trying to teach the same thing 20 different ways. Mm -hmm. um, like trying to throw a ball 20 different ways so 20 different people can catch it in a different way. And, uh, and you have to be patient. And you have to be understanding. And you have to uh, be a very good assessor of the challenges that are at, at hand. Because... Uh, not every one person is the same, you know, so. That is the understatement. <laughs> yeah, so we spend a lot of hours working, and, and there's not one set time we take in travel training. If it takes two days, that's, you know, as long as they're successful in independently riding transit. And improving skills. And improving skills, yeah, then yeah. that's great. But it's, it could take two weeks with follow-ups over the last, next six months, never known. We just want to give them the gift of independence so they can feel confident that they can navigate the transit system mm -hmm. independently. Okay. So Kevin, which community partners do you interact with in order to spread the word about the availability of travel training to ensure that the people who need it are informed? Um, well, first of all, we're, we're online nowadays as a progressive unit here at, at Pierce Transit, and so we have a lot of programs online with how-tos and brochures and and just getting the word out that we're available to everybody. And the best part is it's a free service. So that's the best price you can get. Um, but in person, we go to uh, schools, um, transitional programs. For We want to be equitable in our training, so we want to make sure that we make it available and aware to the people who need it the most. And these mm -hmm. are the people with the challenges, people that may, uh, senior citizens, um, people that are going through rehab or some sort of physical or mental therapy. Um, we partner with um, social services, rehabilitation centers. Uh, Center for Independence. Yeah, Center for Independence. We work with them also. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, PAVE. PAVE, right. PAVE that's is another one that we work with. DSHS, Morningside, Trillium. Uh, we do a lot of the training for their uh, customers that are going through uh, job finding. Mm. And so all of those agencies know about us and they will refer people and sometimes there's just too many of them. Mm -hmm. But we do get to them as quickly as we can. 
and those people need it a lot. It's the transition schools where kids are, they've made it through high school and people have been there to help them and now what? Mm -hmm. So now it's time to get out and be into the real world and hopefully get a job. And the biggest part of having a job is, oh, how do you get there? How do you get there? Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So we want to make sure that we give them that ability because so, the best of ability is availability. So um, if we can empower them to use transit and give them the better chance to have a, a better quality of life as they get older into the regular real world, um, that's what feels good about it to me. And it's a new thing, newer thing. They, uh, years ago, kids that left high school with challenges, they might tend to uh, fall through the cracks. Or yeah, and uh, if you can get the parents mm -hmm. and the counselors and the, there were everybody on board, mm -hmm. uh, and now the groups that are doing the employment services are actually requiring that the students have some type of transportation skills already lined up before they find them a job. That's good to hear because I know in programs I've worked with in the past it's almost like the transportation portion of things was the last thing thought of and everything else was in place and then suddenly yeah. how on earth are we going to get these yeah. folks here and back home again so I'm glad to hear that that's being considered right up front. Right, and that's why the schools are so aggressive about it to the transition classes, because they know their students aren't going to get placements mm -hmm. if they don't have the transportation skills that they need. And we've partnered with the outreach program here, so when they visit schools, they let them know that, that they're there to introduce kids to the bus, but if anybody has special needs or challenges, we have a wonderful travel training department, which consists of two. But um, as, as of now, it's, it's working, and uh, we're here to help. So um, we're trying to get the word out as much as possible. A lot of people aren't even aware that there's travel training mm -hmm. out there. So I'm trying to uh, get online, uh, get on the pavement, and just put our names out there well, as also, a service. We also get the comment about how difficult is it to teach somebody to ride a bus? Oh, yeah. How hard is that? Well, they should work with our customers. They would understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, and I think on the flip side of that, and I've talked about this with others in, in different episodes of the podcast, is um, that most people don't know how accessible our fixed route or regular bus oh, yeah. system is. That's the other part of the, the education, I think, and probably important to the parents of those youth, as you said, yes. who are anxious about how on earth will this work for my child? And then they find out, well, yeah. there's a lot of things that can help them. And it, it has really improved the accessibility for uh, persons with disabilities. Mm -hmm. uh, and without that accessibility, I, having been here for so long, I remember the old buses, and they were not that accessible. And it's been such a great improvement mm -hmm. over the years. And, more space inside of the buses. So Pierce Transit has really done a great job in helping upgrade the fleet to make it more accessible for people and, and the bus stops as well. And the bus drivers, they seem well-trained here. I've been here a short time and compared to where I have been in the past, our drivers are fantastic. Yeah. As far as our tending training. to people's needs, mm -hmm. recognizing needs, Mm -hmm. um, and just a general rapport with the passengers and the community nice. as a whole. 
they're fantastic. So Francis, uh, as Kevin mentioned, you're considered an expert in the field of travel training. Uh, you've presented your experiences on the local and national levels. So what advice do you give to other transit agencies who are considering starting or updating a travel training program? Well, I think that they need to take an inventory of their system. How accessible is it? How accessible are your stops? Um, what type of instruction are you willing to do? Do you want to have an unlimited amount of hours that you're going to be teaching? Uh, are you going to limit it? Some companies limit the amount of hours they'll spend with one customer to 30 hours. Mm. And for some people that's enough, but a lot of our students and a lot of our seniors that do have considerable disabilities are using mobility devices, that's not enough. So uh, they, that's one of the first things I talk about is do an inventory of what you have available to work with. Is your company willing to support a travel training system? Uh, you're not going to have the gigantic numbers that maybe some other departments have, but if you do a good job, those people aren't going to be going on to the paratransit mm -hmm. system and costing triple, quadruple what it would cost to ride a bus. Um, also, uh, the skills to be able to assess a person um, and understand their needs, have the ability to uh, do the trip planning and the site reviews, everything else that goes with it. Um, I taught for seven years for uh, Easter Seals Project Action mm. as a national trainer. And that was what we were doing, was preparing people to go out and start programs or become travel trainers. And uh, people forget about the site assessments, the trip planning, uh, all of the other things that go into being able to do that. Also, the ethics of being a travel trainer. Uh, we have that same responsibility that a teacher would. If we see something wrong or we feel that there's some issues in the home or an adult family home, it's our responsibility to report them, mm -hmm. just like it would be for a teacher in a, a public school. It's part of our code of ethics. So Kevin, what are some of the most valuable tips you share when helping a client navigate the transit system? So I've, um, as I've learned from Frances, she's a wonderful teacher. She's the best in the country. I don't know if you've heard of her. She's very <laughs> modest, as you found out in her last question and answer there, but she's fantastic. And uh, the most important tip I've learned from Frances in regards to travel training is plan ahead, have a plan. Nobody is successful without a plan, generally. You know, luck is a very small portion of success. So um, having a plan, for example, you make the best cookies in the world, you do it with a recipe. Generally, you're not throwing in handfuls of this and that. So have a plan, um, have a backup plan. Transit's full of contingencies. It's full of um, perhaps late buses, perhaps maybe even traffic. Anybody heard of traffic? 
We're all from here. Yes. <laughs> Traffic is a real thing and it's a real obstacle in transit. So have a backup plan. Um, have a set of boundaries for yourself when you plan to ride transit. Uh, no matter what challenges you might face in life or no matter where your direction is, we're all going from A to B and we all have a different agenda. So realize what, you, what boundaries do you want to set for the people around you, the riders, the other people at the transit centers, the bus stops, and just the public. It's just a life skill. Mm -hmm. um, so if somebody asks you to get off at the next stop with them, are you going to do that? Most people would say no. But you'd be surprised the answers we get when I ask that question. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, so have boundaries and know what they are set when you go into it. As we get into this uh, modern age, everything's so uh, digital and computery. Um, I rely and would suggest apps and maps to people. Oh, and Frances also let me know. She says, uh, familiarize yourself with the routes mm -hmm. and the, um, the adjacent routes, so the routes that connect. So if you do happen to get off at the wrong stop, you're not totally lost and, and wondering where you are. Or for me personally, if I lose my phone, I'm not totally lost without my phone and resorting to tears on the sidewalk because uh, that's the place I don't want to be. Um, so have a plan, have a backup plan, and, uh, and know, know your area, know your surroundings. And I don't mean just the, the immediate surroundings. Know where you're headed and the surroundings there. Um, and another thing she talks about is landmarks. Know the landmarks, big landmarks. Like you know where McDonald's is, you know where Safeway is. You can, you can say, if you get off at the wrong stop, you can let somebody know I'm near the, the Safeway on South Tacoma Way. So it's a big landmark. So, so take, in, take in the big landmarks and notice them and, and be able to recall them. And if you want, play a game with yourself. Um, and that's another way to um, keep your boundaries up on a bus. Some people might become disengaged and a little too into their headphones or their personal electronic devices. So make a game out of it. Try and recognize as many landmarks as you can. And on the back, and on the way back, see if you can recall those same landmarks in reverse. That way, if somebody needs to come get you or if there's an emergency, uh, maybe you come sick, you become ill on the bus and you have to get off at some random place. You know you're, where you're at and you know your surroundings. Um, so that's a big tip I learned here um, from Francis. Have an orca card. I, I just think today, and now today's day and age, an orca card's a fantastic thing to have. Um, first of all, know how to use it. You can pay with it. Um, know that uh, there's an electronic purse as associated with it. And the new orca cards even have all your identification on them, digitally imprinted on them. Yeah. So if I, God forbid, get out on the bus today and I have a heart attack and I'm unresponsive, they'll be able to take my orca card and say, this is Kevin Rutledge. He lives at XXX and he works for Pierce Transit. So this question is for both of you. I don't know who wants to go first, but what do you think is the most challenging aspect of travel training and what's the most enjoyable? Oh, shall I go first? You shall. The most challenging, I think, is it's a juggling act. Okay, what, what should I do first? What, how can I make this all? It's like a jigsaw puzzle. You have to fit it all together and make it work with all the customers that you have and their needs and to meet all the paperwork demands and everything that go along with it. 
Uh, I think that's probably the most difficult part of the, the work that we mm -hmm. do. Also, I think the most rewarding is the person who has the job for 15 years and is still working and lives in an adult family home now uh, and is still doing well. Um, the kids that their parents never thought they were going to succeed and now they're, they're out there working as a grocery bagger, which mm -hmm. people say, oh, well, that's not a job. But to them it is. They're paid every day for it. They have their medical, and one of them called me and said they were going on vacation because they worked long enough to get vacation. And those are important things. People don't think about that. Mm -hmm. I, I think the hardest part for me personally is seeing the challenges that some people have to face, some of the things that I take for granted in everyday life um, that other people ha uh, have to negotiate a harder time with because of whatever cognitive or physical or both disabilities they might have. Um, there's so much that we take for granted in life. Like uh, last week I was with a, a young person. They, um, they didn't get out much. They had a lot of a parental uh, guidance, I'll say. Yes. And, and it was sad to me to see that the parents didn't have the faith. They were so protective of their child that they didn't let them experience life. And that in itself is disabling, you know? Yes. And, and I thought, boy, if we could only enable this young man. And, um, and even something simple as crossing the street. I didn't realize how, like, I just feel, you know, press the button, wait for the walk sign, look both ways, and go ahead. It's harder than that for people who's never done it before. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if we find that a person has that difficulty, then we may route around it, or we have to figure out, can we help this person get past that? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's probably, probably one of the hardest things we do. Yeah, that's what I found difficult, just saying, you know what, I might be able to cross the street with no problem, but if I had to reteach myself, to find the safest way to cross this street with all these challenges, what would I do? And that time when they cross by themselves, when you finally say, They're okay, so I'm gonna excited. sit inside and watch. They're and so excited. And they get to the other side, and they turn around, spin around, and give you a big wave and smile. It's fantastic. They've done it. They've and they've done, done it. it. And they'll keep doing it, because they, they've gained the skills and learned to what to look for to keep them safe. Mm -hmm. Maybe but, just yeah. not at that intersection, but other ones. Yeah. Or you know the stranger danger we teach that too he makes the Kevin makes a, a real good creepy guy yeah. <laughs> for the role the play presumably in the role play yes. I have to have somebody to do it uh, or I am, am, am uh, absolutely top-notch at stealing somebody's cell phone out of their back oh my gosh it looks than, innocent and sweet, in right? less than three seconds she give you a little bump on the shoulder and you check and you're Phone or wallet is gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, wow. But uh, I think for me, it's knowing that we can give them something that will make their life easier. Mm -hmm. You know, as parents, we're not going to be around forever. And I think some of the parents want to protect their children and their adult children. And they forget that what happens when you're gone. You have to, you have to prepare them to be able to function 
when you're not there. And that circles back to what you were saying in the beginning about the independence part of things, right? Yeah. Yeah. Teaching the independence. I think we take it for granted that we have the independence we have. And if you look at, for example, when I came here, when I was six, America was supposed to be independence for us. It was supposed to be the place we could come and and thrive and, and follow our dreams and succeed. I'm sitting in a small apartment, not speaking the language all these weird Americans were speaking, going, I don't know if I should go out there. But I had an older brother who, of course, drug me along. And, um, and I figured it out, but it wasn't easy. But once I did figure it out, oh my gosh. New York is a huge city. Right when I figured that out, we had to move to Seattle. Big city, still confusing. But I was independent nonetheless. I had, I had gained the skills in New York to navigate the bus system safely and knew who I could go to if there was trouble, usually the bus driver or somebody in a plain uniform. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are safe people to go to if you have a problem. Even if they don't speak your language, they are here to help. But it made me independent and it allowed me to go to college, allowed me to um, thrive as, well, to adjust, I'd say re- relatively normal, <laughs> into a normal 46 year old man. But um, yeah, it allowed me to have a lot of the things that I'm not sure I would have had I not been brave enough to to try transit and to figure out all the different places it can take you. So our last question, um, one of the goals that I always have with this podcast is to highlight career opportunities available in the world of transit. So what skills would you say that someone needs if they have listened to this and they're now interested in a career in travel training or other mobility assistance fields? Commitment. It, it's one of those type of jobs that say, oh, well, I don't want to work late tonight. you got to get the kid home. you got to, if you took him to work at 5.30 in the morning, um, you've got to be there to pick them up to bring them back. Or there's an 8.30 shift that they get off uh, out at JBLM. They start early, and then you're off during the middle of the day, got to be back there to get them, and you don't get home till 10 o'clock at night. When we were interviewing for the uh, for Kevin's position, um, that was one of the things I told them. I said, the hours are awful. You're <laughs> Flat out. out. You're <laughs> out in all kinds of weather, yep. and uh, you really have to be committed to wanting to help people to do this type of work. Mm-hmm. What would you say, Kevin? Um, you have to let the help be the paycheck. Let the reward be um, changing somebody's life, giving somebody freedom. Um, you're not going to be rich doing this, but you can be rich in life and in soul. I'm a happy person. I love doing what I'm doing. And um, it takes a lot of empathy. Um, yeah. It takes a lot of being able to read people, uh, being able to read their anxieties, little ticks they have oh all of the yeah. all of the different things that go into who they are mm-hmm. and a lot of times the, the intake interview is so important because usually I can pick up on things with what they say and the parents say and then we'll come back and discuss it mm-hmm. so you do have to be a team player oh, yes, also team with player. if you're in a travel training program with all those teachers, all those companies, all those different places, they want you to be a miracle worker. And sometimes it doesn't work. But I always say, 
it's not that you can't do travel training. It maybe this isn't the right time. Mm -hmm. And so I will give them assignments to practice and the teachers will help with it. And then maybe a month later come back and we'll try it again. So I don't say they can't learn. It's just we have to figure out how to make it work for them. Yeah. You have to be inventive. And flexible. Yes. Inventive, that's a perfect word actually. You have to. What can I do? What, what am I not seeing that I'm missing that will make this person able to do what they want to do? Well, we've come to the end of another episode, and I would like to thank Kevin and Francis for illustrating so well the importance of travel training and the work that they do helping the public, especially those with additional challenges, to navigate transit and get where they need to go. Next time on South Sound Connected, we'll take a look at another aspect of Pierce Transit service and community support. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share the podcast link with your friends and be sure to subscribe. And check out piercetransit.org for the latest in services, trip planning, and agency news. Thanks for listening. <laughs>